Welcome back. Good to have you. Hour number two of the Bill Michael Show. And uh, if you are uh, wondering where we went, maybe you uh, need to follow us on the Zone in Madison, the Zone Madison app. I know we got some Brewers Day baseball today as well. So uh, make sure you listen to us on the Zone Madison app, broadcasting live. Uh, we are in Wausau today, in Wausau. And we've got a cigar dinner and a golf outing a little bit later on today. Hopefully the rain lightens up a little bit. Uh, I was watching a little earlier. It was uh, – coming down but it's kind of a kind of heavy mist might be the best way to put it but that's going on uh here in Wausau probably all over the state of Wisconsin as well so uh you've got that happening but we're here today tonight and uh tomorrow before we head back 877-867-1670 877-867-1670 so here's something to think about I was uh, I was kind of perusing uh, a little bit earlier today and I thought Coaches on the hot seat, and we talk all the time about Will or Will Matt LaFleur, uh, if, if this season goes terrible, would he be gone? Joe Barry, hot seat, all that. So they went with the top eight coaches on the hot seat. There's a coach on here that I thought, really? And now it makes kind of sense. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you who they are. Ron Rivera, first of all, with the Washington Commanders. Three seasons. He's 22, 27, and one. Entering his fourth season. Uh, this is the year he has to kind of step it up, so to speak. They've got new ownership and such coming in, and he's really never had a winning record in uh, Washington as the Commanders have missed the playoffs in consecutive seasons. Uh, two name changes, eight starting quarterbacks, and an ownership change since he arrived. I think he's done an incredible job just to kind of keep his head above water in Washington, much less you know, win games, but now we'll see what happens there, okay? Dennis Allen of the uh, New Orleans Saints. This I understand. It's his second career job. Still amazing he got a second job in the NFL, by the way. Uh, his first venture as the head coach was disastrous, 8-28. and Lasted 36 games with the Raiders before he got, uh, he got canned. But the Saints, uh, they took a step back last year. Uh, the first year is Sean Payton's successor, which you kind of figured they would. But they still seem to think, uh, the writers seem to think that he's, he's, you know, on the hot seat. Number three, this one I get, Brandon Staley of the Chargers. There have been times, judging on the surface, that seat should be hot for a reason. The Chargers finished with consecutive winning seasons for the first time since 2017-18. Uh, but uh, they ha- finished with just uh, their second double-digit win since 2009. And the Chargers have a franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert, who they just signed to an extension, and they haven't won a playoff game with him yet in three seasons with the team. And Staley partially responsible for the clock management issues, over-aggressiveness, and some of the in-game decisions. Okay, I completely get it. Todd Bowles of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he's 8-9 and nine going into his second season. Um, he Last year, given the keys to the car. And with Tom Brady and company, look, everybody got old and everybody got old quick. We all know that, right? Nothing new here. But Todd Bowles was expected to make something out of it, and it just never happened. And Tampa Bay's offense kind of fell off, and they didn't play real well, so so down he goes. Mike McCarthy, this one's as obvious as obvious gets because they have everything. In, you just had, uh, what was it, Jerry Jones, it was either yesterday or today on the radio show that he does, basically said that uh, the Dak Prescott, he plans on having Dak for a long time. Now, whether that's just blowing smoke, we'll wait and see. But they gave 
they gave you know Dak Prescott all the money. Dak hasn't won games. They fired the offensive coordinator. You better believe that Mike McCarthy's on the hot seat. And Mike McCarthy basically let the offensive coordinator go because Mike kind of figures, hey, look, if I'm going to go down, I'm going down swinging. I'm not going down because somebody else is calling the plays. I'm going down because it's what I do. So we'll see what happens there. But Mike McCarthy uh, clearly on the hot seat going into this season. Just one and two in playoff games, the Cowboys are, under Mike McCarthy. Uh, And he put even more pressure on himself this offseason, like I said, when they got rid of Kellen Moore. Josh McDaniels of the Raiders, I can't believe he's not higher on the list. The only reason he's not, he went 6-11 and last season. The only re- reason he's not, the reason being is, is because they're still paying John Gruden, and they can't afford to fire McDaniels and then go out and find another head coach as well. Remember, he took Indianapolis right there to the uh, to the to the to the altar, and then in the very last minute decision, decided to say, "Nope, I'm not going to take the job." After he, you know, finally accepted it, and in the first year in Vegas, disaster, as we all know. And Derek Carr was told to go home prior to the uh, year ending. And, and then Jimmy Garoppolo comes in. You know, just so much garbage going on out there. Kevin Stefanski of the Cleveland Browns, completely get it. Uh, the Cleveland Browns are expected to do something. They put a lot of money into that quarterback. He could possibly be the scapegoat in all this. This one, though, at number eight is the most interesting. Robert Sala of the New York Jets. He's 11-23. and 23. And he has zero playoff appearances. The Jets, they build a team with a collection of young talent. And they bring in the Hall of Fame quarterback. And just a winning season this year? No, not going to cut it. Not going to cut it. Now, whether Salah can actually coach or he's going to be discovered as maybe a, a coaching fraud this season, we'll wait and see. But he's got the quarterback. He's got the skill position players. He's got a defense. All of those things can put you into the postseason and make a playoff run. Would the Jets actually move on from him? Let's say if they win 10-plus games, 11-plus games, probably not. But the the if the Jets get off to a slow start with that tough schedule, you know, there's a lot of thought in New York that if they, in this six-game schedule, say they go two and four, Three and three, things don't look good. Rodgers is doing the old, well, we got to get on the same page stuff. I got to trust my guys stuff. Then, yeah, there's going to be, there's going to be a really, really, really ratcheted up hot seat for Robert Sala. I, I don't doubt that at all. So, I, I was reading that, and it just kind of surprised me that that's what a lot of the writers seem to think that Sala is going to be on the hot seat if he doesn't produce this year. Now, uh, again, a 10, 10 win season. That's one thing. A 10-11 win season that puts you in the postseason, that's another. And then what you do with it once you get to the postseason. Can I push back on two coaches, Bill, and get your thoughts? Go for it. So, so first of all, I on Salah, I think it's interesting yeah. on Salah because what if the team stinks? Nathaniel Hackett's in that building. And who's to say that Aaron Rodgers doesn't go in her ownership and say, hey, I want Nathaniel Hackett to be the head coach. Or if they decide right. to make a change in the offseason, Rodgers says, well, I'm thinking about retiring, but you know what would make me stay Nathaniel Hackett being the head coach. So that's an interesting layer to the Sala thing, just to think about right. and to follow. But I want to push back on Mike McCarthy a little bit. I feel like Mike McCarthy's done a pretty good job. Now, Dak got hurt two years ago, so he didn't have his starting quarterback in 2020. But in 2021, they lost a one-score game to the Niners. 
who are awesome. They beat everybody. And then last year, they beat Tom Brady, and then they lost another one-score game to the Niners in the divisional round. I know they haven't made conference championships or Super Bowls, but I don't think anyone thinks Dak Prescott is awesome. I don't think anyone thinks that Mike McCarthy is is wasting an awesome quarterback. And he won games with Cooper Rush mm-hmm. last year. Like, I know Mike McCarthy isn't flashy, but I actually think he's done okay the last years. They went 12-5 and five two years in a row, and I think they could yeah. win their division and, and be one of the best teams in the NFC this year. I they could win their division and remember uh, what's it been since uh, the top team in the NFC East has won the division in back-to-back years how many years has it been I think it's has it been like 20 years it's been a long long time it's been a long time yeah uh, so it, it would not surprise me if the Dallas Cowboys won the division the biggest thing about the Cowboys is Dak Prescott and you know the the whole reason Mike McCarthy was hired was because of this this quarterback whisperer thing, which I've said all along. It's a bunch of crap, and nobody wants to listen. It's a bunch of crap. Look, I I appreciate the fact that Mike McCarthy offensively, good mind. Okay, he's he's there's something there. He's obviously a lot smarter than the average bear when it comes to that, but he had so many quarterbacks in Green Bay and didn't make anything out of any of them. And Rodgers takes offense to it when you bring it up and say, "Hey, you know, well, what did uh, what did Mike McCarthy do for you?" And he's he'll tell you, I, "I was, I think I was pretty good before, you know, before Mike McCarthy came in, or before I got to work with Mike McCarthy." I mean, he already considered himself a really good quarterback anyway, and he almost takes offense to the fact that to to make mention that Mike McCarthy made him what he is today, and he's like, "No," so I don't know specifically what went on behind the scenes, but I have not seen. Dak Prescott suddenly get exponentially better. I didn't see anybody under Aaron Rodgers get that much better. So this whole quarterback school thing, maybe there's some knowledge there, but as far as the actionability, uh, you know, taking what what knowledge you have and putting it actually into something, it hasn't happened. So I get Mike McCarthy, you know, when you talk about the play calling and such, because Mike's probably figuring, look, maybe it was uh, Dak Prescott, maybe it was the play calling, I don't know. But as I said before, Mike McCarthy kind of figuring, hey, Kellen Moore was calling plays. They wanted to can him and make the offense better. If I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down swinging, and I'm going to go down my way. And maybe Mike McCarthy, that's the reason he took over the play calling. But I don't know. I I never thought that Dak Prescott was that good. So as much as Mike McCarthy was brought in to make Dak Prescott better, Dak Prescott could ultimately be considered like a coach killer, couldn't he? I think because nobody wins with him, we all compare him to Kirk Cousins, right? Are, are we all crushing the, right. the Vikings head coaches for not winning in the playoffs with Kirk Cousins? Like, no, we understand that. I think he's limited. Right. Bill, one more detail for you: Last year, the Cowboys went twelve and five. The losses were Week One to Tampa Bay when Dak Prescott got hurt. Then they lost Week Six to the Eagles with Cooper Rush. The Eagles, of course, went to the Super Bowl. They lost in Green Bay in overtime, a game they absolutely shouldn't have lost. Kind of fluky. They lost at Jacksonville right. in overtime when Jacksonville was red hot. And then they punted in week 18 because they were resting their guys. They were awesome last year, even without their starting quarterback. I I don't know. I understand McCarthy's a little bit of a punching bag, and I'm not arguing he's the best coach in the league. But I don't know. I don't think he gets his due for some really good things that he's done in Dallas. No, I would agree with that. I'll go along with you. I wanted to push back I'll on Kevin with Stefanski with the Browns as well. Just just one little bullet point to think about. Kevin Stefanski came from the Vikings. He's a he's a McVay, mm-hmm. Lafleur, Shanahan type guy. Run the football, kind of point and shoot. They traded for Deshaun Watson, 
who's this free-ranging, you know, play-outside-the-script type of quarterback. They gave up the farm for Deshaun Watson, who doesn't at all fit a Shanahan or a McVay or a Lafleur system. I, I don't know. I feel a little bit for Stefanski because I actually think he's done a lot of good things, and he ultimately could get fired. It's not his fault, but... And then they handed him to Sean Watson. Hey, here's a guy who's had a lot of legal trouble. Uh, we don't know if he's good anymore, and he doesn't fit your offense. Good luck. Uh, that's that's a tough right. draw for Kevin Stefanski. I think that I, the only reason he'd be on the hot seat is because of idiot ownership. Because they they'll just change just to change. They they don't they don't stick with anything. They don't, and even when they have something good, they meddle too much. Which is another reason I don't want Jimmy Haslett anywhere near the box. I. <laughs> Just because the Cleveland Browns have been such a train wreck uh, under him since he took over. I, I don't want him anywhere near the, the Milwaukee Bucks. But I agree with you. But Stefanski probably shouldn't be on the hot seat, but because of the ownership group in which he, with which he plays, that's the reason he's on the hot seat. Because they'll, they'll change just to make change. And for whatever reason, they woke up one day, fell in their damn head, and gave uh, Deshaun Watson that contract. I still don't understand that deal. I still don't. But anyway, uh, 877-867-1670, hit us up. Uh, thoughts on all of that? Or is there somebody else that should be at it? You can give us a shout there as well. 877-867-1670, this portion of the program, brought to you by our friends at Great Lakes Dragaway. Call them, 262-302-2138. There is still some racing to enjoy left this season. 2024 passes about to go on sale. Go to greatlakesdragaway.com. That's greatlakesdragaway.com. More of the Bill Michaels Show. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Tomorrow night, you can get uh, some music still on the uh, outdoor patio. Or, no, excuse me, tonight, tonight. Today's Wednesday. I'm off by a day. I keep uh, lost today with Labor Day weekend. Tonight, they have some music, if indeed uh, the rain holds off. Otherwise, you can move it indoors. But uh, Northern Lights uh, event venue, they've got some music tonight. Uh, but don't forget, they're going to start opening up on Sundays for, uh, for green and gold parties. Yeah, bagger parties. So uh, check it out for dinners, weddings, photo shoots, business events. And obviously, when you want to check out your games over the weekend, that's the place to go. Northern Lights Photo Studio and Event Center right there on the Milwaukee Riverwalk. Uh, beautiful view. Uh, terrific place. Uh, lounges upstairs and downstairs. Very cool. Very eclectic. And just a different vibe. Uh, check it out. Northern Lights Photo Studio and Event Center. NorthernLightsEventVenue.com. That is Northern Lights Event Venue. Dot com. And if you are looking for to, to do something for like a corporate event, let's say a Christmas dinner, uh, a gathering for your, your team or what have you, they've got, they got something for everybody, everybody. Um, 877-867-1670. Uh, this is from, uh, this is from K-Man. K-Man says, Mike McCarthy is going to be just another victim of Dak Prescott's. He cannot throw consistently without tossing it to the other team. Uh, K-Man, I would probably say you're right. There have been – Mike McCarthy, since taking over for the Dallas Cowboys, has been a lightning rod for anything that's been a misstep. I mean, there have been – and rightfully so, don't get me wrong, 
There have been times when he talked about clock management. Remember, the team didn't know to uh, to give the football back to the official before trying to start the next play. Remember that whole fiasco when time ran out in the postseason on him, and it, it just that's the way it ended. They just were standing there with Dak Prescott going, "What? I had no idea." I mean, little things that that are supposed to be coaching relatable have cost him, ha- have put him squarely in the crosshairs of the media, of, you know, Jerry Jones, we'll say, because Jerry has not come out and stood steadfast by Mike the way he has stood steadfast by Dak. Um, now, again, he could be just kind of, you know, blowing public smoke to let Dak know that, hey, you're, you're okay, let's just go get him type of thing, as opposed to saying, hey, this is your job, dude, otherwise we're going to get rid of you, because you don't want to do that at the beginning of the season. But, but yeah, Dak Prescott has not had good moments, and some of them have been blamed upon Mike McCarthy because of it. So I, I agree with you. Uh, Dwayne says, don't forget, tonight is the last Wednesday night live at the Wisconsin State Fair Park. Yes, it is. Because it, uh, it didn't get rained out. It got heated out two weeks ago when Rebel Grace was supposed to play, and it was like 97 degrees. So they canceled it, and they pushed it back. Well, this normally last week would have been the last night, but tonight is the last night at the Wisconsin State Fair Park. Um, Big Chunky Bear says, do you think having Tom Clemens is what has helped Jordan Love? Oh, absolutely. Now, I, I'm, not, I'm not knocking Nathaniel Hackett or anybody else for that matter, but I think there's something – I mean – Aaron Rodgers equates a lot of his success to Tom Clements. There has to be something there, right? There has to be something that from, you know, his mind to, you know, the quarterback's ears, there has to be something relatable, coachable, teachable. So, yeah, I would I would effort to guess that that is something that has been beneficial to Jordan Love. I, to, to what extent? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe mentally, sure. I don't think you can go wrong by bringing in an ex- bringing in an experienced guy. Absolutely. What that does for you physically, now nah, that's a whole other it's a whole other ball game. Because you have to be able to just perform. Everything in your head that's been placed there by the coaches has to then come through via your sight, your mind, your physical ability, your arm. It all has to culminate. And if it doesn't, then you're just a guy who learned a lot but really couldn't produce and couldn't execute. Uh, 877-867-1670. Mark Schofield is going to be joining us coming up here a little bit later on um, in just a little bit. Um, we uh, we were going to try to get Mike Clemens today, but he says that uh, the Packers have shifted everything back today, so he's not going to be able to join us Um we will uh, probably not get anything from Matt LaFleur either until after the show. So maybe tomorrow we'll be playing that maybe one, not once but twice. Um, is so Matt LaFleur we'll have... dodging the Bill Michael show? Is that why they've s- switched their schedule around, do you think? I, you know what? That's a great question. But I do also believe that they're pushing it back a little bit to get them acclimated to the three, what is it, 310 start time or whatever it is. Uh, the, whatever time the game is on uh, on Sunday. That makes more sense. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's probably pushing it back. 325. 325. 425 Eastern Time. 325 uh, Central. So, yeah, that's probably what it is they're doing. 
it's just to push you back a little bit to get the bodies acclimated to a, a an after, late afternoon game. That would be my guess. I would assume it's going to go back to the normal schedule beginning next week when they go on the road and they're against Atlanta because that is what a, that's a noon kickoff if I'm not mistaken and then the following week also a noon kickoff when the Saints come into Lambeau Field. So this is their they're starting off on kind of the regional prime time game as uh, the Packers and Bears go at it. That's a 325 kickoff from Soldier Field. So that's probably what he's doing. I would assume. I would assume. But then again, there's always that uh, the whole assumption thing. Um, this is from uh, DSV. DSV says, I think you're on to something with Mike McCarthy, McCarthy and the coach killer Dak Prescott. Mike McCarthy has never really produced a quarterback. He has taken some decent quarterbacks and kind of enhanced their ability at best. What do you think he did for Aaron Rodgers, and what do you think Aaron Rodgers did on his own, DSV? Boy. I think Mike McCarthy gives quarterbacks the cerebral side. I think he can give them looks. I think he can explain offenses, coverages, route trees, blocking schemes. I think there's that ability to teach. Um, But the execution is kind of up to the quarterback, his quickness in his reads, his ability, that synapse between his brain and his arm to throw the football, and then obviously the physical ability. So that's, I think, why Rodgers takes offense to, to a certain extent when you say, hey, you know, how about going through that Mike McCarthy quarterback school? That really made you a great quarterback, right? Because, yeah, you can study it on one hand, but on the other hand, you're like, look, I was already a good quarterback. I had the physical ability. All I did, all he did for me was kind of teach me some of the ways of the NFL, which is probably where Tom Clemens comes in because he then expounds upon that stuff. But did he make Aaron Rodgers a stronger thrower? Um, maybe he worked with his feet and gave him a better base. Maybe he worked with his, his, his reads and gave him a better feel for the pocket. But I don't know where – the athlete, the the athlete's ability to be a quarterback cuts off, and the accentuation of that from Mike McCarthy begins. Or, as many of you are trying to point out, uh, or many uh, of you say that it was Mike McCarthy and the play calling that didn't put the quarterback in the best position to be successful, and thus held the team back. Which you can go from that angle as well. Maybe you give a guy all the knowledge in the world, but. If you're not putting them in a position to be successful, you're right, 100%. I say it all the time. I talk about Matt LaFleur in that same light going into this season, that he has got to put Jordan Love in really good positions to be successful, get him into a rhythm, get him into that uh, that confidence level so he can then, you know, feel comfortable and maybe taking a shot or two, you know, maybe kind of doing a couple of things where he can improvise a little bit because he's feeling as if he's, quote, on. Um, eh, that's that's a good that's a good call. That's a good call. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. If you want to chime in, uh, by all means, give us a call. We'd love to hear your voice. Patrick says uh, Mike McCarthy's probably going to get fired at the end of the season because Jerry is in love with Dak, and if he has to choose between the two, Dak is back 
Mac is not. Uh, I love the uh, semi-alliteration there. Patrick, you're getting creative on me. Dak Prescott has always been Jerry Jones' favorite. I, I still, to this day, can't fathom why they paid him. Why they paid him that amount of money. But you're probably right. Uh, let's do this. We'll step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, and uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, kind of you know pick up where we left off. Jeff says, where are you? Is that the same studio? No, it's not. Uh, I am in the uh, big unit cruiser in the RV, uh, and we are in Wausau. Uh, up here today because it's a little bit too far of a drive to make after the show today. So I came up first thing this morning, early this morning. I uh, got up at, uh, about quarter after four or something like that and uh, left about an hour later and got here today, got set up, got on the air. And uh, later on this afternoon, we have a golf outing slash cigar dinner that's going to take place. I think the golf outing gets underway about one thirty. And uh, so that's going to be taking place. And then in addition to that, there's uh, the cigar dinner after the fact and we're going to enjoy the night. Compliments of our friends over a quick trip and quick spirits as well. We only have one more left on the docket, and that is going to be uh, that is going to be down in Kenosha next Monday. Next Monday, we're going to be down in Kenosha at Cortez. So, I don't know if it's completely sold out, but you may want to take a look at it if you think uh, you're down in that uh, Kenosha area. You can uh, maybe see if you can't get a ticket to it. But I, that's a cigar club event, and, and they they turn out for that. We get anywhere from. 100 to 150, depending on how many tickets they want to sell. That's that's a packed house, man. That's a lot of fun, though. Uh, that's where all the, the, the Chicago people come up and the Packers people get together, and it becomes a, a really a fun but, uh, you know, glass-clinking, beer-raising at-the-end-of-the-night type of event where a lot of ribbing goes on back and forth. But we always have a great time. 877-867-1670. Head us up. Got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Social House, H-A-U-S, on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. Got to say thank you to Dan Della. He uh, raised $1,000 uh, via their golf outing uh, at their end-of-season golf outing where they do donations and basically a uh, celebrity beat the, beat the pro hole, and everybody pays a little bit of money to try to get uh, their ball closer than the pro. I did not participate this time because I was actually at the Fisher House golf outing, but they raised $1,000 for Fisher House, and they just continue to support and continue to do great things. And Thanks to Dan and his staff. And if you're looking for a place that does, again, gives back to the community, does some really good things, that's the Social House, West Lisbon Road, Menominee Falls. More on the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. to the program good to have you the bill michael show on the air having a good day today you want to uh, hit us up do it you can find us uh 877-867-1670 our buddy uh craig every and the whole gang over there at every plumbing and heating serving lacrosse and trempolo jackson monroe vernon counties they uh, they want to remind you that they don't do just 
plumbing and heating. They do air conditioning as well, but they're also hiring. And they uh, they can also say you've got a remodel coming up. They can do, uh, you know, heat through the floors. They can heat your garage. If you're going to say, you know, maybe uh, expand your living space a little bit, or if you're going to do a lot of work in your garage this uh, this coming winter and you want to put some heat in there, they can do that as well. There's so many things they can do, uh, but you got to check it out. Call them. Call, founded by Korean War veteran Clayton Avery back in 1969 also, and they're hiring licensed plumbers right now. So, again, 608-783-2803, 608-783-2803, that's every plumbing and heating uh, right there in uh, La Crosse. Uh, So, what do you got for for us, Grant, that uh, you've got uh, some David Bakhtiari stuff? Yeah, so Match Nineman put out a story. Uh, it was either yesterday or last night. I-, I read it this morning while I was having coffee, and he did a long interview with Bakhtiari about his injury and the process of recovery and, and his schedule now. Because you know we've talked to Mike Clemens a couple times about this bill, where Mike Clemens right. thinks something is up. He's like, "This isn't this isn't normal." And you know, Mike Mike's been around forever. He's seen guys get veteran days off and and miss practices because they're older, but never anything like this. I have a quote here. Uh, about how David Bakhtiari feels about what Matt Schneidman writes here, a heavily modified practice plan. This is what he said. It's bittersweet. There are some days I definitely do enjoy it, but there is part of me, there's a grind that you go through with with the guys, and that's still fun. Like, man, I am effing sore and beat to S. I'm tired as F, and I'm still locking you dudes down, and I'm old. Hell yeah. There's that dynamic to it, too. So Bakhtiari, on one hand, misses practice, but it sounds like, on the other hand, he thinks it's pretty cool that he's old and his knee isn't okay right. and he's beat up and he's not practicing, but he can still go out there and be an awesome left tackle. I thought that was funny. So here's the question, then. Uh, if he goes out and says, you know, hey, I'm beat up and I appreciate it and such and such, is do you believe he's more hurt? Or do you believe it's merely precaution? I think it's it's in the middle. I think it's management. He he also talks about his injury in this story, and he says, this is the first injury I've ever had in my life that I haven't been able to control. I've tried everything. He said to Matt Schneidman, I've tried this. I've tried that. If, if you think in my mind, well, what about this? What They've tried it. And it's an injury right. that just needs active management. So I don't think it's that he's still hurt, and I don't think it's that he's just a veteran just resting. I think he has an injury that needs constant maintenance. And if the Packers can find that balance where they can still get him to play on game days and then manage it throughout the week, it might just work this year, and they might have a good left tackle last year for context. Uh, pro Football Focus ranked Bakhtiari is the NFL's fifth-best pass-blocking tackle, didn't allow a sack or a hit in his 339 pass-blocking snaps over 11 games. I mean, he still plays at a really high level. I agree. I I... I tend to lean towards they are just being I, – I agree with you that it's probably somewhere in the middle. I, I don't believe that he's hurt, that this is going to be this injury-riddled season and all he's trying to do is limp to the finish line and that's it. I, I don't believe that. I think they're just managing him. And I think he also knows that he has to be managed or his you – know, because I, I we all know that this is the last year for him here. Uh, you would assume then that they would cut him loose. And he's kind of playing for his next job. Uh, and to prove that he can, you know, kind of hold up to the rigors in the NFL for an entire season. So I I, I want to believe 
that he's he's a 100% okay, but I also, I'm kind of like you, I, I believe it's somewhere in the middle, but I'm leaning more towards their managing the pain and managing the issues than it is he's banged up and we just have to figure out a way to get him to, from point A to point B week in and week out. And, and um, I just, I, I, if he was hurt, I think they would have probably in some way, shape, or form figured out a way to replace him or put him on the pup list. You know what I mean? Well, they've gotten faster, younger, and 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 more youthful at every right. position. And Bakhtiari is the one player that they've kind of held on to, a, a member of the older guard. So I think they definitely feel as though he's important to this team. They need him. They need his experience. They need the protection for Jordan Love, and they're willing to do the management. Here's a quote from Adam Stenovich about Bakhtiari. He says, it's just us managing the knee and all that stuff and making sure he can get out there on Sundays. He's been such a good pro with keeping his body ready keeping his mind ready. One thing you see him out there in walkthroughs, he's not taking the toll on his knee and everything he's doing, his sets, his footwork. He's being really intentional with his work so we can get those mental reps and then just go out there and play. That's what Adam Stenovich said. Yeah, I and I tend to kind of believe that. I, I really tend to believe that. Sports psychology is a big deal these years, and they say mental reps yeah. just as important as physical reps sometimes, especially and if he's oh, done it forever. And oh, by the way, they are taking care of a veteran, something yeah. Aaron Rodgers said they don't do. <laughs> That's a good point. There's a there's so. a couple veterans reference in here. This is the last thing I want to ask you because I think you can speak to this. He references Chad Clifton and Charles Woodson, Bakhtiari does, as two guys that never needed to practice because at some point in their career they just hit a point. They knew how to get ready. They knew how to show up on game day. What did you see? Because I know you were around the team and, you know, you've told stories about Charles Woodson. Can you speak to Chad Clifton and Woodson and some of those veterans who, as Bakhtiari said, maybe didn't need to practice because they had football yeah. figured out to such a degree? Yeah, they didn't need to. Uh, you're right. The, Chad Clifton specifically. Chad Clifton had the knee issue, and he was a big dude, and he he just – he was a mauler. And same thing as, as David Bakhtiari. But you also knew – that the minute they started really, really managing him, that you knew his career was ending. So maybe that's what David – do you think David Bakhtiari plays next year? Plays at all? You know, do, does he sign a one-year deal to go to New York? I think or, if if he plays next year, it'll be a one-year deal on a team that needs – like like what the Jets have done this year with Dwayne Brown and some other guys. That that's what yeah. he could do next year. You know, talk about ring chasing. I don't know that he's right. going to get another long term deal in Green Bay. I don't know if that makes sense for either party. No, no, he won't. He won't. Uh, it, it was it, he's gotten three, so <laughs> which is like unheard of. It was usually linemen never got a second one in Green Bay until you find a couple of good ones, and then if you find a good left tackle, you don't get rid of them. So I I don't you know, I, but I will say he's not getting another one. So my my thought is. That if he indeed is playing for a contract next year, and that you know Aaron Rodgers is still there, my assumption is he's playing for probably a one-year deal and a one-year deal and a one-year deal, depending on how long he lasts in the NFL. That's what he's playing for. So he's got to sh- you know show that he can withstand the rigors of the NFL for at least one season to find to find a new home somewhere else. Because the Packers to gain that twenty million bucks are going to cut him loose next year, come this offseason. You just know it. That's why. He's probably not going crazy that he's not there with Aaron Rodgers because he probably knows that if Rodgers plays next year, he could end up in in uh, in New York very well. Yeah. Because let's face it, they've they've the one thing that uh, has been critical 
uh, in New York has been the fact that uh, their offensive line hasn't been or isn't as good as they would like it to be. And adding David Bakhtiari, an experienced left tackle, if he comes off of a really solid season, adding him for a cheaper price because he's coming up at the end of his career, that might not be a bad way to go for them. Yeah, not to keep jumping in, Bill. One more thing to think about, and this is something we can revisit throughout the year, but what does this mean for practice? What does this mean during the week when Jordan Love is trying to get work with his offensive line and with his wide receivers? Who's going to be taking those practice reps for David Bakhtiari? And we can ask Mike Clemens, you know, how does that affect things? How does that affect the day-to-day, Monday through Friday? And is that a way that the Packers look to develop this year their left tackle and waiting for next year when Bakhtiari, we assume, isn't going to be here? So we got to think about the Monday through Friday part of Bakhtiari's injury as well. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's do this. We'll step aside. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit about this also when we get back. Uh, hang in there. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show to get to. Also, Mark Schofield coming up after the top of the hour. Hang in there for that as well. We'll be back coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. appreciate you being here as always and uh we were sitting here talking a little while ago about uh you know david bakhtiari some of the injuries and such and uh well whether or not uh you know he's actually banged up or not many of you uh, seem to think that there's something going on john lajoy says uh too many practices missed and family night they were alarming i'm cautiously optimistic uh this is from empty j empty j says uh bach Bach is back. Don't worry about it. Uh, this is from Jeff. Jeff says, uh, hey, Bill, uh, love the show. Be listening to the Packers postgame show. As always, can't wait for the analysis and uh, Mike Clemens in the locker room. I think Bakhtiari is going to be okay. Uh, Mr. Buck says uh, Bakhtiari has a nagging knee injury. He just doesn't want to admit it. Uh, he's just going to get paid, take the money, and ride off into the sunset. I, I don't necessarily believe that either. I don't think he's just taking the money and riding off into the sunset. Uh, Buck says, uh, don't worry about Bakhtiari. He doesn't need to practice. All he has to do is go out there and be a big beast on Sundays, and he'll be just fine. You do need, though, okay, I'm not going to lie to you, you do need to have something when it comes to – got to have some muscle memory when it comes to you know going out there on game day. He is practicing. It's not like he's not practicing at all. He is a part of of practices. He's just not the everyday guy. You know, he's not doing it all the time. 877-867-1670-877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. Um... What else do we have here for you? This is uh, this is from John. No, that we did that one. This is Mike. Mike says, 
Uh, no worries about Bakhtiari. I'm more worried about the other side of the offensive line being able to protect the front side of Jordan Love. Have they really settled on a tackle yet? Well, yeah. I mean, it's either Zach Tom or Josh Nyman, but either way, yeah. I mean, Josh Nyman's capable of doing it, and Zach Tom, Zach Tom did it last year, so, you know, uh, they'll be doing it. Um. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. By the way, an update on the Brewers game. Uh, uh, Willie Adamas, a three-run shot, two outs, two strikes, and the Brewers uh, on top. There you go. The Brewers on top. That felt like a, a uh, game-saving and- home run, by the way. I know you can't lose a yeah. game in the first inning, but when you put two on with nobody out and you don't score, it just casts such a, a bad vibe over the rest of the game. So when Willie hit that, I'm yeah. in studio going, oh, thank God. Oh, I sighed such a big sigh of relief. Um, I look, Willie. You know, we we we've. It's well documented when Willie Adams hits, the Brewers win. That's just kind of the way it's been. <laughs> when he hits, they win. So, I'm look. I'm all for Willie Adams. Uh, you know, every time he gets an opportunity to uh, you know smack the baseball around a little bit, I'm happy. And you got fastball Freddie on the hill today anyway. So with Freddie Peralta on the hill. Who has been pitching just lights out? You get you spot him a three run lead, that's that's a pretty safe lead, in my opinion. Uh, by the way, the Cubs play for those that were wondering, and this was from Alex who said, "What time do the Cubs play?" Uh, Cubs are a one twenty Central Time game today down at Wrigley, one twenty, and that's if uh, it's not marred by some rain because I know there was rain down in that area as well. Uh, but the Cubs and the Giants later on today, uh, Wood for the Giants, Wicks going for the Cubs today. Uh, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Uh, this is from uh, this is from Danny. Danny says uh, David Bakhtiari collecting a paycheck. All he's waiting to do is go join Aaron Rodgers in New York. He knew this year he couldn't, and the Packers weren't going to get rid of him because they want somebody solid to protect the blind side of the incumbent quarterback. I see. I don't believe that. I, I don't believe that he's just here getting a paycheck. He has talked about wanting to be the best left offensive line, left side of the offensive line in football. Uh, remember the call that he made to Elton Jenkins and saying, are you ready? We're going to be the best. Um, no, I I think if you're a veteran at this point, what you do is you hope that the guys around you are for real. In the meantime, the only thing you can do is go be the best with with your assignment. Look at what Joe Thomas did, went through. Joe Thomas is a Hall of Famer, and he never sniffed the postseason. I mean, it, he, he toiled away in anonymity in Cleveland and still was considered one of the best. You're just – now, then again, he could have gone elsewhere, and he chose not to. Uh, but, you know, I mean, that – Bakhtiari's not that guy. He's not the guy to, to collect the money out of spite. I just – I don't believe that. I just don't believe that. Uh, Patrick says, uh, Bakhtiari is going to be just fine. No worries here. Let's go get him and let's beat up on the bears on Sunday. Hashtag the bears still suck. (laughs) There you go. Coming up after the top of the hour, Mark Schofield of SB nation going to be joining us. We'll talk with him some more, uh, NFL football, Packers football, bears football. We'll talk about all of that coming up here in just a little bit. And we got a lot more. We'll get some more NFL stuff coming up at the end of the, uh, the end of the, uh, the show today as well. Uh, I got a couple of emails uh, based on the uh, hot seats of coaches for the article that says the top eight coaches are 
Uh, no, Matt LaFleur, not one of them. Matt LaFleur, not one of them. And a couple of you had some eyebrows raised because of that. Well, I'll get into that and tell you why coming up here in just a little bit as well. Mark Schofield, SB Nation, going to join us. Coming up next on the Bill Michael Show.